The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Future Joe here with a quick update. As of September 23rd, Disney just announced that they will be no longer requiring testing for the Wish, Wonder, Dream, and Fantasy. And then as of November 7th, they will no longer require testing for the Magic. This is for fully vaccinated guests, so everyone 12 and up who still needs to be fully vaccinated to sail on Disney. So one bit of stress gone, uh, stress that I had to deal with that, that others will not have to after September 23rd, unless you're on the Magic, in which case it's November 7th. All right, on with the show. Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look back at my recent cruise to Alaska on the Disney Wonder. Find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast and receive bonus content, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So last week we went over Leslie's experience in Disneyland Paris, which was a lot of fun. And so this week we are going to be going over my Disney cruise to Alaska, which was a seven-night cruise out of Vancouver on the Disney Wonder. Leslie, you are scheduled to take that same cruise next year, and you're also uh, scheduled to be on the Disney Wonder uh, relatively soon, right? That's right. I'm going on the Thanksgiving Very Merry Time cruise out of San Diego, seven-night cruise. And yes, I am booked on this same cruise for next summer, but I've been booked on the same cruise for next, like, for a summer's, I don't know how many years in a row, and I have yet to take it. So we shall see if 2023 is the year. You should do it, which we will get to uh, in this episode. So I thought, uh, like, um, I think my last trip report when my entire family went to Walt Disney World, that we would do a highs and lows type deal since, you know, if we went over all seven days, it would take forever. And uh, yeah, also, if you are a Patreon member at patreon.com slash deciphered, of course, you've heard a bunch of our trip reports already. So we'll do highs and lows. Let me talk about the basics of the trip. It was originally supposed to be us and a bunch of our friends, but we had to postpone our cruise. And so we ended up just going with our family of five in two staterooms and then my parents in their own stateroom. And then we all had veranda staterooms on deck seven. And we'll get to more of that later. So I will start with the most obvious low and probably the biggest low, which was, you know, we had to postpone the trip because my mom caught COVID. And then for a month, we were very vigilantly avoiding COVID. And when we were on the cruise, you know, I'm not going to say that we were being 100% safe, because if we were being 100% safe, we wouldn't have gone on the cruise at all. But we were wearing our masks all the time inside, except for when we were eating, and we were even wearing it outside quite a bit. 
But of course, when the cruise was over, you know, when we got back to the States, uh, we did have COVID. So that was the main low. Just like you, Leslie, Disney has done me in this summer Uh. and finally broken through the COVID wall that I had had. I mean, I hate that you and I are like zero for two on the Disney trips this summer. Um, you know, I got it at Disney World and it's just the reality of travel right now. And I think, you know, folks do need to be aware if they are somebody like both of us were when we went into our Disney trips, we had not had COVID yet. We, of course, were vaccinated and boosted and all of that. But if you've not had Omicron, I think you're kind of a sitting duck, um, even with taking pretty significant precautions. So, you know, just keep that in mind. But I mean, I have to say you're, you're probably now in the golden period where you feel like you're a little bit bulletproof and that's kind of fun too. <laughs> so, lots of travel. <laughs> have I asked my wife if I could go on another Disney cruise in September? I will not say. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the reality is, and Leslie was like one of my main confidants about this the whole time. It was like, I was prepared to get COVID on this cruise. Like I was prepared for this cruise being what led me to finally get COVID. I just really wanted to make sure that we got on the cruise, which it is a lot of stress when you are getting ready for a Disney cruise or any trip these days. But it's a lot of stress to worry about having to test positive before your cruise and like maybe being in Vancouver and being stuck there and not even being able to get on the cruise. In my mind, it was like, I'm going to go through all this stress. And then if I go on it and I get it, then I get it. And that's how exactly it played out. And, you know, I think I told you, Leslie, that I was prepared and pretty sure I was going to get it. And as long as I survived and was able to enjoy the cruise before then, that uh, it would be worth it. And that is what ended up happening. Yeah, I'm glad you at least got through the cruise and got home before it hit you, which is the same situation that happened to me. Because, I mean, I'm sure getting it like day three on the cruise and dealing with quarantine and Canadian law and all of that is definitely not a situation you want to be in. So glad you got out and got home and and that everybody who did get it in your family did well and is is healthy and recovered now. Indeed. Uh, It was super mild for all of us. And then my wife and my youngest daughter ended up never getting it. Uh, which is bizarre. All right, Joe. Well, that's enough negative. (laughs) We started with a low. So why don't you give us a high from this Disney cruise? Because I know you did have a great trip, COVID notwithstanding. Probably the biggest and most important high, and I can't wait for you to experience this in November, Leslie, is that, yes, it is true. Like I just said, it is stressful before you get on that ship. But once you get that negative test, and once you get on the ship itself, and I can't remember if I had mentioned this on Patreon or if I had mentioned this in another episode. What we did this time is my wife really hates how crowded the ships are. Like when, So when you check in for your Disney cruise, which is 30 days exactly before your cruise at midnight Eastern, you can choose a port arrival time. And so a lot of people will sign on right at midnight and choose an early port arrival time. Well, in our experience, when we get on the Disney cruise line at an early port arrival time, unless you get like the earliest one, Lunch is just crazy. Like Cabana's, which is the buffet restaurant up on the top pool deck, is just super crowded. Um, There are table service restaurants that you can eat at, but that's super crowded as well. My wife hates that. And so what I did was I picked the last port arrival time. And so as soon as we got on the ship, which they've also improved the system, which you do, you have to do a muster drill where, you know, you prove that you know where to go if you have to get on the lifeboats. Like that is through the app now. So all that was so easy. So as soon as we got on the ship for the next seven days, it was so relaxing compared to Walt Disney World and even Disneyland, Leslie. Like I didn't have to worry about Genie Plus. I didn't have to worry about paying money to eat. I didn't have to worry about snacks for the kids because they could get ice cream all the time like it is just tough to really 
overemphasize how much more relaxing Disney Cruise Line is than the theme parks. Yeah, that's right. And I know you had been on a three-night cruise on The Wonder. You and I were on that together back in, like, I don't even know, 2017, 2018. And, I mean, did it feel different, this being a seven-night cruise? Did that contribute a lot more to it being more relaxed? Yeah, so I've been a three-night on The Wonder and a four-night on The Dream, and then now a seven-night on The Wonder. And, yes, I would say that having seven nights on The Wonder, like, I never felt like I had to, like, do this thing and that I would never get to do it again. Um, And so... You know, especially, you know, we had three sea days on this trip. And so with the three sea days, you know, you have so much time to explore the ship. There's a ton of stuff to do to keep you entertained. There are movies, which we didn't even watch any of the movies, but like there are movies showing all the time, both on the pool deck and in the theaters. Um, There are lots of activities. So, you know, my oldest daughter, her favorite thing to do on the sea days was there was activities like napkin folding, towel folding, like every night when you get back to your room after dinner, they have turn down service and your cabin steward will leave a cool towel animal on your bed. Well, there was a towel folding kind of tutorial that my daughter really enjoyed doing. So she made like a bunch of towel elephants in our room and our room was full of towel elephants. Uh, There were naturalist presentations about kind of what we were going to see in Alaska and learning about glaciers. Um, We enjoyed that as well. There was a bunch of animation stuff where you get to draw Disney characters, kind of like the animation experience at the conservation station in Animal Kingdom. So there was just so much stuff to do for all three sea days. I mean, you essentially have three sea days. Like you have two official sea days and then the third sea day is you're spending you know your day at the glacier but you're basically on the ship the entire time and my insane son even it when it was 50 degrees out and the wind was blowing at 30 miles per hour on the top deck uh even went into the pool which he is insane but what can i say brave but you know i guess he's used to it you guys being from new england you're used to colder water so uh, my, my kids would not be able to handle that Well, he went on the slide a bunch of times, and then finally when his lips were blue, I was like, all right, I'm pulling you out, kid. (laughs) Well, it's really just good to hear that you had that good downtime because, I mean, that's one of the reasons that we're doing the cruise that we're doing for Thanksgiving. Three sea days, you know, some ports that we don't really have to see because you're right. I mean, what Disney does on the cruise line is just so amazing. They do keep you entertained 24-7 if you want to be entertained 24-7. And I felt like when I did that three-day cruise on the Wonder that, I really just was too rushed. And I mean, this is one of the reasons that I probably am not going to be going on the wish anytime soon. And they're only running three and four day cruises. And I think for a lot of people, that's just not long enough. I mean, sometimes that's all you have. Sometimes it's all you can get the kids out of school for or whatever, but it's just a little fast for me. The other thing I would say is for Disney fans, I just want to say again, when you go to the parks, it's just like you have to have done your research and planned before you show up. Whereas on Disney Cruise Line, yes, we did a little research so that we chose our excursions that we're going to do at the ports. But besides that, like I had planned nothing. I just planned the day of and just kind of went where I wanted when I wanted. And only if I felt like it, it was like it was an actual vacation. Leslie, it was bizarre. Awesome. Amazing. And because the Wi-Fi didn't work, <laughs> you didn't have to work on it. That's great. Oh, yeah. Let's, yes. Let's not get to the lows yet. All right. Uh, well, yeah, the, well let's, turn actually, to, let's turn to another low. We've been entirely too positive. So this is like, um, and I should say right now that I, I would say in terms of magnitude, the lows are much lower than the highs were. The highs are way higher than the lows were, but it's not a perfect experience. So I want to make sure everyone knows what was out there. So I think this low is due to expectations. I I guess I had the impression that in Alaska, 
I would be seeing bald eagles like nonstop. There would be like whales and dolphins swimming along the side of the ship. You know, when I say that out loud, it sounds silly, but you, I think I expected to see more wildlife than I actually did see. And also to see the wildlife, you really have to be committed to it. So I ended up seeing, you know, a bunch of whales, um, including whale tails, which was very cool. Uh, my wife says she's pretty sure she saw at least two pods of dolphins. And then we saw bald eagles all over the place. And my daughter and wife, they got off at the glacier. There's a excursion where you can take a smaller ship to get closer to the glacier. And so they saw a brown bear then, and we saw a bunch of seals, but it just wasn't as much wildlife as I thought I was going to see. It was super cool. I just think I, my expectations were too high for the amount of wildlife that I was going to see. And wildlife, it takes work. Like we brought our binoculars, which really helped us out with the whales. And we would also spend like an hour or two on deck four, which is the deck with the running track, like the deck where you, the shuffleboard and you can walk around. And we would, we spent like an hour or two there with other people who were searching for whales. And then, you know, it's just like you see a whale, everyone points to it, and then you you got to wait for them to come up for air. Um, and so it is work to see the wildlife, but it is also very cool. And, you know, we ended up seeing some whales from our veranda and stuff as well at random times. Did you think that you were limited in part because of the age of your kids? Like, would you have been able to do some more adventurous excursions that would have gotten you closer to wildlife if the kids had been older or you had been with without them? Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up. So actually, you know, I would say that for all of the excursions, it is wherever you're going, like, and whatever you're doing on your way in each of the towns, you there's always a chance to see wildlife. Juno is the easiest example. I mean, bald eagles are a dime a dozen in Juno. There's like 32,000 of them and only 30,000 humans. So like while we were on our excursion in Juno, just from the van, we would see bald eagles like all over the place. I think we saw like half a dozen in 10 minutes. So there's always wildlife to be seen. But if my kids were older, we could have done more of the active, you know, for example, in Juno, my friends um, who went, you know, on the original cruise that we were supposed to go on and the older portion of our family was scheduled to do this excursion. There is a rafting trip where you can raft through, you know, some glacier water to get a view of Mendenhall Glacier from a nearby water source um, and then you know they had the chance to see some wildlife on that and so there's like kayaking things and stuff like that that you have to be tenant up to do that I think you have a better chance to see wildlife on but <laughs> I always think of uh, you know Jurassic Park that first time they tried to see the T-Rex they brought the goat out and it, it didn't come you know you just can't control how animals are so you know it's a little bit luck of the draw and we actually were super lucky because we ended up going in August the salmon were running so we saw a ton of salmon which our friends didn't see in July huh, that's good to know so maybe if my cruise in July doesn't happen and we we postpone uh, later in the summer then that will be a positive all right, well, let's talk about a couple more of the highs. I know you had some highs around dining as well. So tell us about your experience there. Yeah, so there are three themed dining restaurants. Oh, let me start with Quick Low. So for dining for dinner in the past, there are three dining restaurants which you are on rotational dining. We talked about this in episode 233 with the DCL podcast people. So you can go back to that to listen to our DCL 101 episode. But there are three main dining restaurants that you rotate through. Uh, and your dining team rotates with you. But in the past, you were able to go up to Cabana's, again, that restaurant on the top deck, um, to eat if you wanted a different option. That's not there right now. So really, if you don't eat in the dining rooms, you either have to eat chicken fingers on the top deck at the pool, which, you know, are just 
Disney quality chicken fingers. They're not that amazing. Or you can order room service as well, which we did one night. I wish there were more options. That being said, the restaurants themselves are great. The menu changes every day. There are three restaurants on the Disney Wonder. Animator's Palette, which has two very cool shows, um, different shows that you can do. And then on a seven-night cruise, of course, you get to see both. Uh, Tiana's Place, which will have... On one night, they'll have Mardi Gras, which is a big party. On the other night, they will have New Orleans-themed jazz music, uh, or was it blues music? I don't know. I'm not I'm not good with uh, musical genres. I apologize. And then the third restaurant is Triton's, which is just like the fancier, um, nicer restaurant. But overall, our dining experience was great. Uh, the food, I would say, was like B+, A- level food. You know, it was definitely very good. I wouldn't say it was like excellent, except for maybe a couple of the things. You know, there's like random things like the French onion soup could have been hotter, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's not perfect food, but it's, it's pretty good for what you would expect on a cruise line. And then our dining team was uh, really amazing. I was I was going to try to re- request that Leslie had the same dining team uh, when she goes in November. But unfortunately, uh, the team that we had, we ended up switching teams halfway through the cruise. But um, that first team that we had was excellent. They visited us every day, even when we had to go with a new dining team because we switched our dining time. And they just spent so much time with our kids and they were really great. Unfortunately, they're going off contract. So, uh, Leslie, you're not going to be able to have Blake and Charmaine, but they were pretty great. So just really loved the overall level of service. And then the theming of the restaurants themselves, I don't want to you know, get into too many spoilers, but it's just a lot of fun and a very fun dining experience. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I've only eaten in each restaurant once because of that three-night cruise on The Wonder beforehand, but was really impressed by the quality of the service and the food and just sort of the theming. I mean, I think a lot of people are hesitant to do The Wonder because it is one of the older ships, but it sure seemed to hold up well, and and the themed dining is still pretty good. I mean, everybody's talking right now about what The Wish has, so that's front and center, but I'm glad to go back to the tried and true as well. Yeah, and I think the thing that works well with The Wonder that I feel like The Wish has a problem with, you know, The Wish, one of the restaurants is Marvel-themed. And I will say that a low of the dining experience is that it can be too loud. Like, when the entertainment is going on, you can't have a conversation. Now, it's not too bad when it's like Mardi Gras and the kids are having fun or animator's palette the show is very cool and you know that show only lasts for like five minutes so you don't mind but whenever the shows are going on like you cannot talk to i mean you're just shouting at each other it's like you're in a club or something i can imagine that if you're on the disney wish and it's marvel and you don't care about marvel you'd rather just enjoy your meal and talk to people at your table as opposed to you know listening to paul rudd crack jokes no matter how funny they are and how good looking he is i think That's why I would love to see Cabanas be back open for dinner, just to give people a quieter option if they want to kind of avoid the noise. Well, we shall see if it makes a comeback in time for my cruise. Uh, Stay tuned. All right. Well, what about the specialty dining? High, low? Did you eat at Palo? Yes. So the Wonder only has one specialty dining restaurant, which is Palo, which is for adults. And so my wife and I booked that one night, our Skagway night. So right in the middle of our cruise. And it was a really great meal. So the way it works is you can pay $45 for a pre-fee menu, which is appetizer, entree, and dessert. Or you can order a la carte. One thing that was very nice is, you know, if you go to a restaurant in New York, generally a fancy restaurant, if there's a pre-fee menu, you and I are dining together, Leslie. We either have to both get it or both of us have to order a la carte. What was really nice about Palo dinner, which we had never been to before. We'd only done Palo brunch on the dream before. 
was I was able to get the pre-fee menu while my wife was ordered was able to order a la carte. And we weren't even like trying to save money or something. It was it was just a matter of what we actually wanted to eat. The food was excellent. Um, you know, we had some wine. It was probably the only time on the cruise that I drank. And then again, the service, if, if Blake and Charmaine were like A+, plus, I would say that Duan, who was our server at Palo, was like A++. Plus plus. I mean, just the entire cruise, the service at the sit-down dining restaurants were amazing, and Paolo, you know, really knocked it out of the park. Um, and so it was just like a lovely time. Um, they sat us. It's at the rear of the ship. The sun doesn't set until 9 p.m., even in August in Alaska. So we got to see dusk uh, from the back of the ship, which was very nice. And so we just really enjoyed our time there. Um, it was great. Which brings me to the next high, which is, I think, my favorite part of Alaska, the views uh, especially if you get good weather, which we lucked into, are just amazing the entire time. And even when we had bad weather, there were these really dramatic mists and fogs that were very cool as well. Um, what I didn't understand, I guess, before I booked the Alaska trip, and like I said, you know, we did very little research, was that we were close to land almost the entire time. Um, we were only in the open ocean for maybe half a day, at least during the times that I was conscious. But there are just a lot of islands, and I think this is why it's called the Inside Passage, but there are a lot of islands and land masses just off the coast of the mainland. And a lot of your time on the ship is between those two bodies of land, which, number one, makes the water a lot smoother than I thought it was going to be. And then also, number two, you just get to see this verdant green wildlife which is like inaccessible to most people so it's like untouched by humans and so it was just really beautiful and that's not even factoring in the fact you know you know one of the days we went by a glacier so there's like icebergs floating by in the water so really the views are amazing pictures do not do it justice and you know i do think you made the right choice getting a veranda because it's just really nice to wake up go out on your veranda and just enjoy the view yeah it's a hard decision because the first couple of times we booked the cruise we just were shocked by the price difference between the ocean view and then the veranda. And, you know, you cancel a cruise enough times and your budget starts to get bigger because you really want to take it. So we did book it for the cruise this summer and and I'm glad for it. I think you're right with all the views. It just sounds amazing. And I've always heard my whole life. I mean, Alaska is one of the most beautiful places in the world. So I'm glad you got to see so much. I'm glad the weather cooperated. Do do you have a sense as, as to how often it does? Was your cruise unusual and that you had more good weather than can be expected on an average sailing? Yeah, so this is what I was going to say to you, Leslie. Generally, earlier in the season is better weather. August is supposed to be the rainiest. I was looking from late July, and the three cruises before us all had rain like the entire time. And then we just lucked out somehow. You know, both our tour guides in Skagway and Juno were like, this is the first day we've seen the sun in a while. But I also do think that, for example, Ketchikan is like the rainiest place in the entire country, uh, which is one of the ports that you stop at. That being said, you know, it's one of those situations where it reminds me of Ireland and you were just in Scotland recently this summer, Leslie. It rains all the time, but the sun breaks out every once in a while. And so it's not like it's just constant rain. All right. Well, good to know. <laughs> Fingers crossed for good weather for, for us if we get to take it next summer. Yeah. And so now that I just mentioned Juno and Skagway, I, I did want to mention, this is a 
bit of a low. It is really hard to get a feel for what the excursions will be like by reading the descriptions on the Disney website or even on, you know, I, I actually realized because I tried to book some stuff third party, Leslie, and the description in the third party websites are the exact same as the description on the Disney website because it's the same excursion. So it's actually run by the same excursion company. The difference that you will get is if you book it through Disney, I thought that we would get mixed up with other cruise ships guests on the excursion but all the excursions that we booked through disney were like only disney people and even the scenic train in skagway the disney wonder has a train car or actually all the cruise lines they have train cars just dedicated to their guests um and we actually booked that train on our own and actually our train car ended up being less crowded because like the disney wonder train car was like full of people and ours was only half full so i would say that I tried to like look on forums to figure out what excursions would be like, but it was it was really tough. All the excursions in general, I gave kind of they felt more like B tier excursions. The thing that I wasn't expecting but makes sense to me now is that Alaska is filled with a ton of seasonal workers that only come up for the summer. And these are our tour guides. And like a lot of them are people who are just out of college or maybe still in college or just enjoying their twenties. And so you know, I don't want to stereotype people who are in their 20s, but they are just enjoying life. And uh, it's not like um, we had people who are born and raised in Alaska who knew a ton of stuff teaching us about what was going on while we're on these tours. You know, I mean, this guy from Florida straight up was like, oh, yeah, I was on Wikipedia the other day and I learned that Juno blah, 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 which kind of made me laugh. <laughs> Well, that totally was like a get off my lawn Gen X moment there. But but yeah, I mean, that's... I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to all the Gen Zers listening to this right now. <laughs> but that's totally fair. I mean, I have I have a cousin who actually did a seasonal job in Alaska for several years. And, you know, he, he went back year after year. So he became an expert. But I'm sure he would be the first to admit that the first season he was pretty green. And I think that's probably even more the case right now, given the interruptions of COVID the last couple of years. A lot of newer people, I'm sure, who are not repeat returning. So good to know about that. And did, did you end up saving money by booking not with Disney? Is that why you did the train or what was the, the reason for that? Yeah. So uh, let me just explain this really quickly. What happened was what I had booked was for my daughter and myself, we were going to do the helicopter ride to the glacier and sled dogging on the glacier, which, by the way, I hear is amazing no matter what. It does cost like $700. But I hear it's like an amazing excursion. This is one of the drawbacks of us being there in August. By August, like the glacier has gotten like too melty. And so that excursion for us ended up getting canceled. Because of that, we booked a sled dog excursion that's on land where like they pull you on a cart. Um, and this is with Alaska X excursions. Our friends in July actually did it with Alaska X third party. We did it with Disney. Comparing notes, it feels like we got the same exact experience and you know they only saved 10 to 20 dollars but the reason why we booked the train on our own was not because of trying to save money it was because the timing like disney would not allow us to book it through disney because technically they didn't think we had enough time to make the transfer to the train uh which we did although i was sweating it a little bit at the end we had to rush a little bit to get on the train but that's why we had to book third party now one thing we did that really saved us a ton of money and i think i would recommend this to anyone maybe even to your family leslie is ketchikan it's the third port that you go to for example my friends they didn't book any excursion there they just kind of hung out in the town but what we did was we took one of disney's tours one thing i didn't know about alaska was it's 
like the second largest rainforest in the world, the Tongass rainforest, second to the Amazon, of course. And so Ketchikan has a rainforest park nearby with also a bunch of totem poles. And there's also a salmon hatchery there as well. And so we saw Disney's tour description and it was about a hundred dollars or more per person for tour for the tour. And then I just, I, I think I found it in a forum or something, but I found that there was a car rental place where I could rent a van for $200 for the entire day. And so we rented a van. And so for the seven of us, we just, I, I mean, I literally took a screenshot of Disney's description of their excursion and we just did it on the van, you know, using Google Maps and stuff like that. And that worked out really well. And so we saved like $400. You know, I guess we missed out on the, uh, 20 something year old tour from uh, Wikipedia, but you know, we had Wikipedia ourselves. So, all right. Well, great tip. I'm glad that worked out and saved so much money. Why don't you let us know about the rooms? Were those ultimately a high or a low on the wonder? Yeah, they were mostly a high. So what we ended up doing is because we rebooked the cruise, uh, we ended up saving a little bit of money by booking guaranteed rooms and, by the time we rebooked our cruise, it was two weeks away. And so what I did was I got my parents a guaranteed room. I chose a room for them. And I saw that there were two connecting rooms on the other side of the ship. Um, and I was actually talking with the cruise agent, um, the DCL agent on the phone about this. And she's like, if you're lucky, you'll get those two rooms because they were connecting and they were like right across from my parents. And we indeed were lucky um, and we got those rooms. So the rooms worked out great. Now, the only drawback was they were aft. And so we got a lot of engine Uh, I wouldn't say engine noise because we're not right above the engines in the actual ship, but there was a lot of shaking and rattling at various times, especially when we were going fast. You know, we got used to it, but it wasn't like the ideal quiet um, sleeping environment. Another high related to the rooms is the entertainment. I say related to the rooms because one night I didn't feel like going to the actual show. So I just watched it from my TV in the room. And so the main shows, they do show recorded versions of it in your room, but Other than that, we went to all the entertainment. There were three Broadway-style shows and also two, like a juggling act and a magic act. And we really enjoyed that. It was too crowded for my taste for the Broadway shows. And actually, I think that's probably where I got COVID. But the shows were great. And my and our kids really loved the juggler and the magician as well, which, you know, the juggler and magician, less people show up. You know, those shows aren't sold out or packed. And so we really enjoyed that. So the entertainment on the ship is really good. And that's every night. And we didn't even end up watching any of the movies. You know, they're showing Encanto and all sorts of movies. We didn't, we didn't end up watching them. Um, and we still had a great time with the entertainment. Yeah, that's great to hear. All right. Well, I hinted at it earlier. <laughs> How was the technology, the Wi-Fi, the the use of the DCL app? Give us the scoop. Oh, it's so bad, Leslie. It is so bad. First of all, we have a friend who works with Disney. And so she very generously gave me a internet package. But the internet, aside from email, was pretty much unusable and i think this is a disney wonder thing and i'm not sure if it's an alaska thing but it was very rough in terms of using i was able to check my email and stuff like that but i wasn't even able you know i was trying to do some work and modify some reservations for a client i could not modify anything on the disney travel agent website i ended up having to call in um, when i was in port that is just the wi-fi to start with but then on top of that the dcl app which is what you need for everything because they don't give you a paper navigator with the schedule for what's where anymore and when. You have to get it all from your app. That portion of the app worked fine, but we used the app to communicate with each other, you know, the four adults 
in our group, we're trying to communicate with each other on the DCL app. And there were just so many drop messages, messages that didn't go through. We weren't sure when we were talking to each other. We eventually realized that you have to essentially only be on airplane mode if you want to talk to each other. If you're in port and you want to use mobile Wi-Fi at all to like get data or check your email or whatever, like you can't, you, you can either be on mobile data and text each other, or you can use the DCL app on airplane mode and message each other through the DCL app because otherwise it was just too unreliable. So on top of that, I didn't, I didn't even tell you this, Leslie. I had a $10 credit on my account before the last night because what happened was I paid off my account with a Disney gift card at guest services, but I had forgotten that my kids were going to return their kids club magic bands. And so when you return them, you know, they charge you $13 when you get them and then they give you that $13 back when you return them. So I ended up with a $10 credit because we had some coffee and stuff like that. So we used up some of the money that they had gotten back for the Magic Bands, but we had a $10 credit. And so when I went to disembark and we did the express disembark thing where we're carrying all our own luggage, they would not let me off the ship. They sent me to guest services. Like my whole family was there and I couldn't get off the ship, Leslie. It was like... (laughs) The most stressful thing. That's crazy. <laughs> they didn't want to keep your money. <laughs> yes, and I was like, I was like, I don't even. I, so I was like, I don't even want the ten dollars. Can you just call someone and clear me? You know, just keep my ten dollars. And so they tried to call someone and they tried to clear me, but like five times I tried to go through and it wouldn't beat me through. So then I had to go to guest services, which of course had a long line. Guess guess what happened though when I got to guest services and asked them to give me my ten dollars back? I don't know. <laughs> They had already taken it, Leslie. So What do you mean they'd already taken it? So I told the lady that I didn't care about the ten dollars and she called someone, right? Oh and so I guess I guess that someone had like dealt with the ten dollars, but not fast enough that I could beep out at disembarkation, but fast enough that by the time I was done with a half an hour line at guest services, I didn't get my ten dollars back. <laughs> so after all that, I didn't even get my ten dollars back. You paid ten dollars for the privilege of waiting in a longer line. Well done. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. So my poor family was just like, yeah, they were just sitting like in the um, disembarkation zone waiting for me um, when I left because I was like, oh, you guys should just go through. Um, security and Canada immigration on your own. They're like, we should just wait just in case. I mean, oh yeah, Leslie, like my kids had gone through, like they had gone through with my parents already. And so I was like, Hey, you're not letting me off. My kids are over there. I'm over here. Oh, and I had their passports. Like they were already in the terminal. So I was like, I have the kids passports. Like, but Oh, what a mess. This anyway. is not good all around. I'm, and I do wonder, I mean, what if you had a flight that you were trying to make? So <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. I still would have made it, by the way. I, I still got off at like 830. Okay. But, um, oh, the other thing was um, the reason why this happened, and this is going to be very niche and only happens to people like me, is I made my account a cash account so that they wouldn't charge my credit card because I wanted to pay with Disney gift cards. But then because I paid with Disney gift cards, like if I had paid with a credit card, they would have been able to refund that $10 to my credit card without me having to go to guest services. But because it was a gift card, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, whatever. I guess I guess I reaped what I sowed yeah, a little bit. Exactly. But Disney IT, just give me the money back. All right. Or don't give me the money back. Just let me off let the me ship. ship. <laughs> yeah. Joe here with a quick update. After I was done recording with Leslie, I decided to check and see. And I apologize. I take back 5% of my Disney IT slander because I did get my $10. Actually, it was $11.77 refunded. So at least there's that. But still, there was all that stress. 
All right. Well, let's end on a couple of higher notes. Um, what else do you have um, from your cruise? Yeah. So like I said already, uh, I was worried about motion sickness and uh, my vertigo and stuff like that. But it was much less rocky than I anticipated because of the inside passage. And like I said, and then really, I think like the biggest high, again, I just really want to emphasize this. There's like so much to do on a Disney cruise line ship. And it's all like very Disney, like the level of attention to detail is very high. And I haven't even talked about, you know, there are characters to meet. There are princesses to greet. In the kids club, they had princess stories where like a princess would come in and tell the story. They also had mini science activities that my kids really loved. We would just be randomly walking around. And there was some, I think, I think the first time we saw Captain Mickey, my daughter and I stalked him and followed him all the way down the outer deck on deck four until he got inside and then jumped in for a picture. Um, And so, you know, stuff like that is happening throughout the cruise. Um, There was so much to do and we were on there for seven nights and we didn't even do it all. Like my wife and I didn't even end up going to one of the adult areas um, for a drink. The kids, there were some activities that they still didn't miss that they still ended up missing out on because they were booked at the same time. We saw a bunch of characters, but we could have seen so many more characters. There's just so much to do on Disney Cruise Line. And if you love Disney, it's all like very Disney. But again, you can go at your own pace. You can go when you want to go. You don't feel pressure to like make your next Genie Plus. You know, it's just such a different experience with the level of quality of service that you know you come to expect from Disney. So really a wonderful and amazing experience overall. Well, I'm so glad to hear it. Sounds like it was a fantastic trip. I'm definitely more excited, even more excited about my upcoming cruise and hopefully getting to take an Alaska cruise one of these days. So let's close it out with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have for us? All right. Well, since Steve Creasy from the DCL podcast on our DCL one episode, which again is episode 233, if you want to learn about Disney Cruise Line in general. He had three Disney dues. Disney Cruise Line is a big enough subject, which I will do three as well. Uh, The first one I will say is when you are checking in online, if you are traveling with friends or family, or if you're even like us, where I'm the adult in one stateroom with one kid, my wife is the adult in another stateroom with two kids, you have to make sure you fill out the permission form to let your kids off the boat with someone who's not in your stateroom. Because the way it defaults is, you know, my son was in my room with me. The way Disney defaults things is that I can only take my son off. And my wife, even though she's his mom, can't take him off because she's in a different stateroom. And then, of course, my parents as well wouldn't be able to take him off. So I filled that all out correctly. And so we had no problem. You know, any adult was able to take any kid off the ship. But we saw a lot of grandparents trying to take their grandkids off the ship and, you know, not being able to do that. So make sure you get your forms filled out when you check in online. If not, check in with guest services and you have to fill out a paper form to make sure you have permission to take a child, a minor out from a separate stateroom. Um, So that's super important. The second thing I will advise people to do is go to guest services on the last night um, or whenever you're done spending money and get a printed copy of your folio because when you get home, Disneyland has the same problem. So if you're staying at a Disneyland hotel, do the same thing. It is so annoying and difficult to get a folio. I have to do this for clients, although I've started just warning clients to get the folio themselves. Get your folio printed. That way you have a copy of the majority of your charges. Maybe you spend something on the last morning. But for the most part, you know everything that you spent. Uh, And then the last uh, Disney do, which will be very specific, is if you are traveling in a connecting stateroom with a balcony, a lot of the balconies can 
pull down the wall so you get an extended balcony, which we did get with our staterooms, especially for a place like Alaska. That is really amazing. However, there's no way to know which balconies can remove the walls in between. There's no way to check that online. But if you call Disney Cruise Line or have your travel agent call Disney Cruise Line, they can ask to make sure that the connecting rooms that you have have the balcony that can open. On the older ships, a lot fewer of the rooms open up than uh, on the newer ships. So uh, it's really nice to have that extended balcony. It actually gives you a, a lot better view because you don't, you don't have to like, you can look 180 degrees without like looking at a wall and stuff like that. So it really helps with the sight lines. So three uh, Disney do's there. But, uh, and then the, the last Disney do is if you're a Disney fan, I mean, we said this in the DCL 101 episode, but you owe it to yourself to try Disney Cruise Line at least once. Maybe not the super expensive Alaska one, but maybe one of the shorter Bahamian, Bahamian cruises. Totally agree. All great tips. All right. Uh, before we end it out, why don't you just tell us really quickly, since you know we're on Disney Cruise Line right now, you're going on a seven night. Where are you leaving? And do you remember what ports you're swinging by? Yes. So we're out of San Diego and there are three ports in the Mexican Riviera, Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan and Puerto Vallarta, and then three sea days. So I go to Cabo a lot. So this is not a port that we have to like do something or hit something because we'll be back, I'm sure, but have never been to Puerto Vallarta has definitely been on my bucket list. And we got the best shore excursion. I'm really excited about it. It's it's kind of like a mini castaway key. It's like a private island kind of thing or a private beach kind of thing. So stay tuned about that. Exciting. And that was through Disney? Yeah, we booked it through Disney. You can, I guess, book it independently, but it's actually more expensive to book independently, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing about booking things through Disney is they guarantee that the ship will not leave without you. So that is uh, yeah, very that's important. a little bit of peace of mind. <laughs> there indeed all right well thank you so much everyone for indulging and listening to this alaska trip report tried to jam seven nights into as short time as possible but we really appreciate you listening if you've been to alaska on disney cruise line or otherwise recently let us know your experiences disney deciphered at gmail.com at ww deciphered on twitter or on facebook and instagram disney deciphered thank you so much everyone for listening and other than that leslie thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and i will see you disembarking your ship successfully thanks joe let's go When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com awards for 2022 details.